0: teams coming going and everything in between we have a playoff update and more on this week's episode of the indie ball report podcast All right back again, episode number two hundred and thirty-eight of the Indie Bar Report podcast. Ryan's back again, and apparently there are people that follow the Instagram that don't know who you are. Wait, really? Yeah, seriously. I got a uh, I got a DM about this where I was going back and forth with the guy because he was asking like, oh, with the Jackal renovations, which we'll talk about at some point, not this week, but at some point. And he's like, oh, the gray is going to find a permanent home. I was like, no, they weren't really meant to be a permanent thing. And he's like, "Oh, you you know what you're talking about a lot. Like, did you work in indie balls? Like, I didn't, but Ryan did. Is like, who's Ryan?
1: I mean, look, that's fair. <laughs> I, I would tune me out too. I get it. Um, yeah. And also on that, yeah, I saw because Empire State was pushing some like Bullshit, we're working yeah. to be in the league. I'm like, I'm sorry, Empire State. Like, the Empire League." Can barely get a ballpark full time for one of the teams in their own league. Like, how are you going to find a team that can support a frontier or a stadium that can support a frontier league? Said, we will out of here. Sorry, yeah. like,
2: like the one, one thing. Like, I don't have an
1: issue with the Empire League. I don't. Like, yeah. they are what they are. I have an issue with just straight up just spinning some BS out nowhere. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> what are we doing
0: here? It's like, did they forget their purpose? It's like, y'all were here to die. That's, that was the deal. Like, you show up, you get paid to go out and fill a schedule. That's the deal. Yeah.
1: I mean, and you guys got good opportunity out of it. Let's be honest. But, yeah, like, they got some that's good. good. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. For the situation, I'm glad that something you know, positive could come from it. But, like, what are we, I feel like when they said that the Frontier League was, you're like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw the statement too. I was just like, what? What's this? And then it's like, Sorry, I also, what are we doing here? Yeah, that also just one final touch on the Jackal thing before we talk about another way that a league is handling having an odd number of teams, which is probably the shittiest way to do it. But like, I do appreciate Montclair State getting so petty that they're like, we're not building them any sort of renovation. The Jackals can foot the bill. Then as soon as the Jackals piece out, they're like, all right, let's get the blueprints out on how to re- how to renovate this ballpark.
1: Yeah, it does have the vibe of like. I don't even know it was like I, I had something for it but so we're not even going to go that down rabbit hole for that stupid analogy but it does have the feel of like all right those idiots are gone let's talk about the actual party we're planning
0: yeah it it does kind I'm of not calling them
1: idiots I'm just saying like yeah. that was the thought process in my head sorry that there was yeah. no way that was gonna come out well so whatever.
0: It's when you're going ahead and you're making plans in the side group chat that doesn't have the one or two people in it. There like,
1: there you go. Yeah. You just nailed it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Or it was like when the one person throws something insanely idiotic into the group chat and then immediately you start seeing notifications and you just drop it down and be like, Okay, is that a group chat one or is that a just to me one?
1: Right. Yes.
0: And we've all replied oh, to the wrong God. one of those before the wrong way. Oh
1: bro, I did it in my family group chat. You know oh. what? I owned it now. And it, honestly, it of a really good thing of them being like, okay, like I realized the world didn't end and now I just say what I think to my family. And the end result has been really good. I just see my family less.
0: <laughs> see, I love a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And talking about uh, seeing family less, Fire City's going to see a lot less of their Atlantic League family.
1: Bro yeah yeah
0: so in no. case people didn't realize it appears that every independent league got the memo that i was out of office from thursday through saturday and decided you know what thursday and friday we're gonna drop all the news that'd be great on a show and so you actually
1: started a group chat without you and coordinated it they probably
0: did they probably they yep. probably all have it i'm gonna find a way into that group chat mark my words but any case <laughs> on friday they said Spire City announced that they're going to be taking a one-year hiatus. They'll return in 2025. Uh, This is kind of a mutual decision, I think, was how it was coined, uh, where the league said, someone here has to sit out a year. We're not paying for a travel team. We just had to keep Gastonia afloat, and the coffers are empty. So who's going to take one for the team? And it kind of seemed like Spire City got voluntold that they're going to sit out a year. If you're a 2023 ghost town, you're a free agent. If you stay in the Atlantic League, you get put in a reserve draft. have no idea what that is, but I guarantee it's going to screw over players. Keys will keep playing, so if you are in Frederick or Spire City or whatever we're doing with that, you still have baseball to watch, and I assume they're going to use the alternate identity at some point. They mentioned in the press release that they were going to do it. any case, no ghost towns for 2024, but apparently ghost towns for 2025, which I'm sure they love taking a year off when they have an in-state rival that's like what 30 miles away that's building a brand new ballpark that's also building a brand i'm sure they love having that nice year on pause
1: really wrap my head around this i think you're right i think they're voluntold uh, that's for sure they definitely are not thrilled about the way this went down um when it comes to i mean frederick I, i'm not frederick uh hagerstown because I mean, what it was like the next day, Hagerstown posted something and yeah, it has a like graphic. a graphic and yeah, it was a promo graphic, which fine. Like they have to do their thing too. And this actually going to lead to my theory on how this might have gone. Um, I think it will, I mean, it was, it's tough when there's a map. And if you didn't see it, it's like to the Northeast, it's like 25, 28 miles. They're talking about towns that are there. They're, they're saying it's like your neighborhood ballpark or whatever your neighborhood team. Uh, and it's like 25 miles to the Northeast. 20 miles to the north yep. and all of a sudden it's like the the only town listed Southeast is 11 miles away. And that's because if you go another like 15 miles, you hit Frederick, okay. Like that's how close they are. And immediately they're, they're marketing that they're the, the local team. So uh, my theory, one, I would not be surprised if the Atlantic League might've led on Aspire City a little bit. I would not be surprised if Aspire City maybe got a little bit ahead of themselves as well. Um, okay. I don't have any facts on that. I just from working Around this league enough, I'm like that. Feels like
0: something they would do.
1: A possibility, yeah. Um, that feels familiar. And um, I'm trying to like kind of pick and choose how I go about this, but um, because I can have strong suspicions, but I don't want to put that out there as fact and end up in, a, in hot water on something. Yeah. But uh, I may mean, have strong suspicions that Hagerstown said something. Because yeah. if you're Hagerstown, and you have a game plan to come in this league. You got a rival in, rival in Waldorf with Southern Maryland that is not at all a competing market to you because that is still a, a good length between the two of you. Yep. Um, there's a body of water between you. If I recall my geography appropriately. So it, it, then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, by the way, like a, within 30 minutes of you within 25 ish miles, you now have another team and they actually have been in the league already. So if there is somebody who's going to be in Atlantic baseball, they've already been introduced to this team who is now competition to you uh, for this new ballpark that you built. And all the money that you invested in this deal that you had to predate it, this other team being in the league. Like, I don't see, I don't see Hagerstown being cool with it. Frankly, if Hagerstown is cool with it, I think it's bad business. <laughs> so, um if I was Hagerstown, I would probably try to body Frederick as well. But it is, I think, from a league perspective, bad business. And and I think it's a concerning. We always talk about we want more collaboration between the leagues. I think it's a really bad sign for. Any future of that sort of thing, because it sounds like Lexington is under contract for the first five years. So what they got two years left before they can really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, Gastonia is sitting on the same and the other teams who, that were rumored has have similar situations. So, but what we have gotten to the grapevine is that there are teams that are unhappy and they're willing to leave. And, and now for what three, this is the third straight off season that the Atlantic League has had an odd number of teams, and the Frontier League has had an odd number of teams, and there has been the option or the possibility of switching teams around and making something work, and everyone has even numbers. It doesn't even have to be a long-term thing, even though that might have other headaches on the business side of switching a team back and forth. But just to solve a temporary issue during expansion, and it hasn't happened once to the point where the Frontier League would end up going with a travel team for back-to-back years and then starting a team back in Brockton, which is, we'll talk about it. And the Atlantic League is willing to do two teams that play in the ballpark of another team and then put another team on hiatus the third year. Like, yeah, these leagues are never going to work together, I don't think. <laughs> like, this is, I mean, it, the amount of, like, backtracking this is, the amount of, like, it's really disappointing. I think Spire City did a lot of things right. Um, there's a lot of negativity from like fans around that area, like uh, about like them not getting support. Cause I think they're very familiar with the Frederick Keys brand,
2: mm. but
1: I, they were like, uh, some, I've seen a few different comments that basically say like, Oh, nobody goes to those games. and they go when you can't get Keys tickets. It's like, yeah, well, split other buddies, like the Keys are leaving. Like yeah. if you think this is going to be an Atlantic team with a draft league team, you're high like they're going to ditch that brand immediately because their athlete sucks like and the land league can actually turn a profit if you know you're doing which chuck domino does he's running things partially over there so yeah I-, I think they would be able to basically scoop frederick's fan base which they have a good fan base and mm. do great spire city would and it's just it's just really disappointing and i think it's um really shooting a great mark great potential market in the foot and uh yeah man yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it, how many times are we like, yo, the Atlantic League did a great job here. When they did, when they went to Frederick, we're like, that is a good move. Like, I think just for everyone was like, this is a great call. And for them to, within a year, just mess that up so bad and fumble that bag is like, so frustratingly on brand. I wanted to be positive this episode, but it's hard to get through this without being like, dude, what are we doing? Cause I hate it for Aspire City, too. And yeah. hell, what's going on, with Mark Metcowski? Now, that's one I got. That's a DM I got to send. Yeah. Like now, what? They talk about the play. What's that guy doing? Because that guy, he he was bouncing around. He was with Charleston in one year, and then whenever the genomes for what he thought was going to be a, a longer term situation wasn't, got at least picked up with Spire City. Had to rebuild the roster for the third year in a row. Then my guy now is in this situation. So, well,
0: at least he's got some job openings available too. Yeah, he does. Good transition. Yeah, well, I mean, I could transition to those two things, but oh, uh, you should. I that should. But, like, I got a couple other thoughts. In all right, fair. Yeah, that's the problem here. I'm going to waste the great transition with uh, a couple of things. One, Go ahead and elaborate. Yeah. First off, if you're curious about the graphic, it got posted on the 25th. I believe this news was a 22nd thing, so it was enough time where they had time to Double make days. the graphic. Yeah, so like they made a conscious decision to include. Uh, mm-hmm particular teams there and they just show the ones that are all around the uh general area of uh maryland they show west virginia and pennsylvania in there too and they do include like martinsburg west virginia they show chalmersburg uh, pennsylvania but uh, smithsburg's in there as well as greencastle as well and the tagline is professional baseball and family fun in your own backyard so that is essentially what that is Link it in the show notes if you want to take a look at that. Now, to the point on the in-state rivalries there, uh, Waldorf to Hagerstown is approximately an hour 40. Main slowdown there is there is essentially no real way to avoid going through D.C. You have to go near it at some point. So you're going to hit D.C. traffic. That's going to slow you down. And of course, that's doing the math at about ten twenty at night. I have to imagine if you're traveling at, you know, a regular hour, you're going to hit a lot more traffic, and it's probably going to be close at about two to two and a half hours, as opposed to how close it is going from Frederick to Hagerstown, which is only a short 30-minute drive. So, even if you want to tack on an extra 15, 20, okay, fine, it's just under an hour to go between the two there, so it is not necessarily exactly the same market but it is close enough to where you could justifiably say hey it's only an average drive let's do that you do it once you go that kind of sucked and then six weeks later you're like you know it was kind of fun why don't we do that again and then you go oh yeah the drive sucks but you still do it two or three times a year so like it is kind of poaching it i will say uh at least as far as everything goes they are kind of cutting the legs off from underneath Spire City. I think they're also screwing the guys over, too, the players on that team. You know, again, more Atlantic League jobs that are kind of going out the window. And it also speaks a lot to really poor planning. I also hate the fact that they're trying to spin this as, look, they'll be back in 25 when we expand up to 12. And it's like, I don't really think you're going to be at 12 and 25. I think you're going to be closer to 10 and 25, to be quite honest with you. Yep. But, you know expansion or contraction however we want to call it or general migration i guess is a better way of framing it Mm -hmm. uh is probably the end result there so like that's just moves like this just kind of indicate to me something about financial health of the league because obviously this is not a positive thing for anybody and even if it is like the group made a decision that we think would be best for you to sit this year out everyone Mm -hmm. in the group is aware that like hey if there's enough votes, they're gonna do that to me too. If they get in that position,
1: yo, and, thank you for saying that. That is exactly my thoughts. Yeah. Now I do think it's a slightly different situation because everyone else has like a long multi-year deal that they signed when a bunch of money was exchanged to start things up with the league. Yeah. Uh, when the team joined, which I don't think Frederick had. I think they always had a one-year situation with a tentative agreement to negotiate, and this is the end of the, the negotiations. But I also don't believe that there wasn't talk. That was pretty damn optimistic about them, um, having, you know, having a team next year. And because I don't think they would have done that full rebrand. Honestly, I think if they knew they had a hiatus this year, I think they would probably. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I, I think I no, would. No, I agree with it. I would agree state with it. the Maryland baseball team, whatever the hell they were calling them, the Frederick Baseball Yeah, team, Frederick that Baseball Club. Roll out like a new did, brand yeah. in this offseason to build a year of excitement while oh, you're yeah, on hiatus. give a buzz going.
0: Yeah, because you're cutting the legs out from underneath that brand. How are you supposed to build any sort of a real fan base at brand when you have to go on a year's hiatus? You spend half the year not really being able to sell or move any sort of merchandise because of the branding deal. And now it looks like a Washington Commanders type situation where it started with Redskins. That's like, okay, it's you have a lot of history behind it. You have a fan base behind it. Obviously, there's problems with it. Then you go to football team for like a year and a half as a placeholder. And then you come out with kind of a lame duck rebrand. Now, in this case, Ghost Towns is actually a good name. The branding kind of has grown on me a lot. The colors weren't great in the beginning, but I do appreciate how unique it is. I appreciate the brand now. But still... You had, what, two, three months to sell merch. Now it's going to be on hiatus. I can't imagine how much it's going to do damage wise to trying to get repeat sales, group sales, season ticket sale. Even I got to think like some sort of like ad deal sales are going to kind of suck off of this. Cause it's like, Hey, you disappeared for a year. Like, how is that any value to my brand? And you figure the vast majority of companies you're dealing with are also small businesses. They probably don't have that much money allotted to their marketing budget. So, are they really yeah. going? Yeah, are they going to want to roll the dice on a brand that disappeared for a year to come back and be like, yeah, sure, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll slap a seventy-five thousand dollar ad in your outfield wall or whatever much it may be. I imagine seventy-five probably buys you a lot more than that, but still. <clears throat>
1: Well, I think the big thing is, uh, I mean, at least I think I don't know this. I I was, (laughs) I tried to do this comparison uh, of like looking at the outfield wall and all that, but a year to year, I feel like a lot of their sponsors are likely still at this point. Sponsors who also sponsor the keys and Mm. still sponsor the keys. So like, at least like the baseball isn't disappearing from that ballpark. So there's still something to sponsor and throw money at if you would like it would be a whole different situation. If there was no team playing that ballpark next year and you have to like retain these sponsors. So a lot of you would probably be trying to do a deal for a long-term two like for the next season, just to keep some income coming. Cause you don't have anything else. And that would be a, like the way we saw during COVID where like a lot of season ticket holders, just like the team just kept the money and they moved the tickets over for another year, but then they took a hit the next season, not selling all the season tickets. Cause they already purchased like a year and a half prior. So uh, that at least is something that they're avoiding. Uh It goes back to I also don't think the profit margins are that great in the draft league. So that's a, uh-huh. a killer. Um Not that they were making a ton of money with Atlantic lengthy baseball, but I do think it was subsidized by the league. Um Oh man. It's just bad from every angle though. It, yeah. I mean, you're killing. I think interests. there's a way for the, I think there's a way for them to make this work mainly because I'm confident in that front office. I think they do have a talented front office and that, is, and I'm like, I, I would say of the 10 front offices in the Atlantic league, I'd probably say they're probably top four, top three. Um, However, it, it's it for that reason. I think that's why I'm so disappointed because like the league needs competent teams and competent people right now and not to be giving competent teams and competent people the finger. <laughs> and that's what you just did. And right. I'm sorry. Like if I'm a fan of the Frederick keys, who's half in half out on this whole thing. And like, maybe I'm kind of interested in the brand and maybe I saw a Spire city game or two and, you know, I like it, but I like my keys. They've been here forever and, and I'm still deciding on it. And Indie Ball, which I'm not really acquainted with. Like, I'm like, yo, this is amateur as hell. Like, I wouldn't, I think I was at that league that just seduces for a year. And then we're like, okay, now like, come back. because can't consistently fill its own league. Like, uh, that's another thing. Like, you're still yeah. fighting for fans, man. Uh, that, uh, it's disappointing.
0: And if you're in that front office here, I mean, man, like, now a year you're not going to be playing baseball i mean like i can't imagine you're going to love that obviously you still have some sort of a job but like it feels like it's harming your career development to not have play on the field and be able to you know point to stuff for some people it's probably not a big deal but for others i gotta imagine it does matter i mean i believe the broadcasters and all them have pretty much been told hey you can go do whatever you want to do for next year
1: i mean lexington didn't themselves no favors when it came to their marketing but when i was surprised i got there for the second year that they were there and people the town still didn't know what the hell was going on like what's this league what are we doing here like and then they threw a second team in and that caused confusion like i think you're going to see some of that too like it's an ongoing battle to explain to people what indie ball is like i always have to explain indie ball to people like i've gotten better at it because i'm so used to it but like you have to explain what indie ball is and explain that while it's unaffiliated, it is much better than the baseball that you have on the field right now with your current team and you have to do that in marketing and i'll be honest i just i'm going through this with my full-time job like we were just working on uh, a campaign with a department that is not marketing and we had to explain to them like at first glance somebody's going to decide if they're interested in your product and five to six words are not going to read beyond that if you get a, a, a curiosity, it'll push it to 11 words. And then from there, you might be able to expand them to 20. Like that's how many words you have to make people, you know, be like, yeah, I'll go to that game. Realistically, you know, on a basic ad. It, it's like, and now it's they got to explain this. So work that into your six word explanation.
0: Baseball unleashed. Experience it for yourself.
1: The last two words have to be, oh no. So now you have four words damn okay <laughs> and spire city ghost towns is those four so i don't know
0: <laughs> Spire city ghost towns oh no
1: actually uh, did we just nail that <laughs> are we amazing at this
0: probably i mean hey Hakerstown, town you hiring i go to i go to spire city but you know everything's a little bit on ice over there for right now i do know one place that is hiring
1: are you going to say
0: Cleaver? I was going to say Brockton, Massachusetts.
1: Well, okay. Look, man, you, you're going to give me that wide open of a question. Just expect me to nail it the first time. Okay. You're going to say, well, I'll give you the order of things we're talking about. Hey, man, I didn't write it down. I was just like, yeah, sounds good. I'll probably remember. I didn't. So You maybe, did get a right, it right, mind on the back end, all right? I mean, you did, did get
0: one thing right, which is we did spend three minutes before this show going over the order of things.
1: Yeah, it's because I'm an idiot. <laughs>
0: Uh any case, yeah. So last Thursday I was on an Amtrak train a week ago for those keeping track of this. And uh yeah, they announced that they're going to Brockton, Massachusetts. Uh they're gonna start playing 2024. That means we're up to sixteen full-time teams in the Frontier League. No more Frontier League grace, thank God. Uh Windy City's owner, Brian Kahn, is also going to own the team. So there is familiarity there. Uh, it looks like the Brockton Rock, the Frontier League, or the, not Frontier, the future College League team, will remain there. If you, the Brockton Rock sound familiar, that's because they were previously a professional team, uh, several years back, about a decade or so ago, actually. Played for many years in a mixture of leagues, pretty much whatever the Jackals were in, they were in. train kind of continues still, so they'll be sharing, uh, Campanella Stadium. And it looks like there's going to be 80 dates in Brockton, 42 going to the uh, New England, as they're calling it, Frontier League team, and then 32 going to the Brockton Rock, which is a phenomenal name, by the way. So, uh yeah, mm-hmm. Brockton yeah. is there. Um I will note that we've known about Brockton for a little bit as the actual team name. I think it was like two weeks or so ago I got told Brockton. Yeah. Any thoughts on Brockton?
1: Other than the fact that, it's weird that Brockton rocks just have a straight up the Chicago white Sox like throwback logo. Um, yeah, I have a, yeah, uh, so I, I don't know much about Brockton. I'll beat with that, but from my research, it seems like that fell apart previously because of ownership not being able to kind of keep funding it. I think, okay. um, I, I don't know. That seems to be it. Reading tea leaves, reading articles. However, Oh, yeah. So towards the end of the season, it became known the owners and management are $300,000 in debt. So, yeah, that's oh, a good um, Holy shit, so that though. Was Hold on. the end of their cam. What's up?
0: Important thing here. Did you see the Brockton Rock logo? Or not logo, the uh, mascot? It's a kangaroo? Yes, it is a kangaroo. Love that. Can I All right. I
1: got one? I got a few random thoughts I'll throw out while we're going through some really um, impressive and concerning uh, yeah. photos of this kangaroo mascot. Um <laughs> I have, From what I hear, it sounds like there's new ownership right? over the past few years, and they do yeah. seem to be like an ownership group that has several stakes and several teams, so that seems to be a very solid thing, which I think is a great move for teams right now, as we've learned from yeah. certain championship representatives in other leagues. I think it is... Oh, God. <laughs> <The> oh, <laughs> that is haunting.
0: kangaroo with a They're holding. A Dunkaroos. dunkaroo? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love how I'm derailing this if I just send you a picture of this kangaroo.
1: Jesus. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right so back on track. Game. Enough
0: of the kangaroo, yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I guess my point being, I do think, I'm not, it's not a flashy addition, but I think it's probably a good move and it's probably a solid move and that's good. That's what we need. That's what we yeah. need in Indy Ball right now is solid ownership. Owners that own multiple teams concern me, and that seems to be the Brockton ownership situation, which is, yeah, again, can be fine, but it. I mean, it's more it than can seems that it often is. Often be run a hell of a lot like a business. Like this isn't like Diamond Baseball Holdings, luckily, but mm-hmm. it seems closer to what is that Um mid whatever um,
2: mainstream baseball. I got. It's
1: kind of what they remind me of, and, and probably a little less conglomerate like than that, but.
2: Yeah, it's it, it it just I, I group, see. I see a lot
1: of the same. Know, sorry, I'm like processing this on the pod, and that's not how I like to go about things. But
0: it's more fun that I way, though.
1: There's negatives, which are obvious. Like if it's like a, it's the same thing as any company that buys up businesses. You know, their whole their touch on the community cannot be as good. Their outlook on things cannot be as good. It's certainly a money making enterprise at that point, which means they're not. I mean, we've the you know, the Saint of Second Chances documentary, which strong recommend on that. um, I would say does a great job of showing uh, the big plus of an owner. Who's just, you know, yeah, you got to make some money, but they're in it to have fun and bring something to the community and win some baseball games too. Like that's, that is ideal. And, um, hell, I mean, look at the Mets this year. I mean, I'm sure their fans aren't happy. They ain't winning, but I'm, you know, at least they know they tried for it. You no, know, I, and there's a lot of owners who don't. So things like like somebody who's just in it, not necessarily to straight profit, but just to to own a damn baseball team. That's cool. And that's why it worries me when it's people who seem to own multiple and own like stake and different teams. But yeah, when a team is that can also help course. you out. Yeah, because then sometimes you can afford to do things like if if they have multiple teams, then you can you know make deals with transportation companies and fireworks companies and the people who manufacture bobbleheads and you buy in bulk and you give them tons of business during the year and then they cut you a deal and you know, then you can do better things for that. So there's a flip side to it too. And I'm, and I'm aware of it, but it, it feels, it always feels icky, but I guess my number one feeling is more, I am, especially after the year of Castonia, I am happy that this seems to be at least a solid ownership.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things. There. Sorry. That was much longer thoughts. So please take the floor. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I did my best to derail it as much as I could. We had a and good time, that's why. More to the point. I hate it. <laughs> but it's here now. Like a couple of thoughts I had. Um uh, mainly, I am still kind of concerned about the market. I'm concerned at the fact that we're gonna do this thing where we have the summer team and the full time team there. Obviously Brockton Rock been around twenty or so years now, so they have a pretty decent foothold in the community would be my guess and the brand obviously seems to be popular it hasn't changed in 20 years so that tells me it's popular enough even if like we mentioned earlier their logo is just a straight ripoff of a throwback chicago white sock logo but even still it makes Probably me some
1: money there economical hey, yeah
0: hey can't blame them <laughs> but that does concern me a bit 80 dates is a lot of dates to fill especially when we start getting into the days of end of June, July, when a lot of people would rather just kind of go to the beach. They'd rather go do other things than go watch minor league baseball, especially if it's not particularly competitive or there's not a particular draw. That said, they do seem to have good ownership. That's a positive here. I am curious to know where Windy City wound up finishing attendance-wise. That would be a very interesting thing for me to know because... It's the same ownership there, so I imagine it would be kind of the same deal. Okay, we just. Right,
1: I overlooked that, but you're right. I forgot they were on that list.
0: Uh, is where they finished. That is pretty decent, but that's reported attendance, so you never know what that actually means. Yeah, right. So I'd love to know what the true attendance number is, but from what we could tell, it looks like there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think, teams ahead of them in a, at that point, 15 home team league. So that's not terrible. That's upper half. So, you know, coming in at the eight spot, I ain't that exactly upper half. But right in the middle. I'm cool with it. So, like, that's good here. But, again, I'm just kind of, I don't know about the whole date thing. Plus, when you have multiple teams here, I am a little bit concerned. Is it going to be where one gets a lot of attention and the other one doesn't? Is it going to be where it's kind of, like, equal parts to each? How is this going to play out? conspiratorially i am kind of curious if this is like kind of a play by some of the old ownership group to try and grab some power back from the new can-am teams because it's clear el dorso has a lot of sway in there he has two teams as well so hey mm-hmm. maybe if we go ahead and we tack on one of the old guard they grab another team here maybe that could try and shift the power balance back i imagine there's and some other ones in the east division as mm-hmm. well true true an
1: extra voice in that side of conversations
0: yep and also i imagine it probably helps a little bit more travel wise because you're dealing with the same companies same groups there mm-hmm. realistically scheduling wise there's different considerations that get made now too so it helps you out a bit where you're like hey well why don't we just have new england do it i'm curious to see what the brand's gonna wind up being and again i wonder if it's gonna be a situation kind of like with spire city where we just talked about where it's like you got to build up that whole ghost hounds brand but people know the keys I wonder if we're going to have that kind of situation there. And if that's the case, how long is that going to last for? And moreover, I do wonder how this plays into further expansion for the league as a whole. 18 isn't really a great number. Sure. So I do wonder how that shakes out. Granted, what's it, three Atlantic, Atlantic League teams we said we're going to jump over there? In Charleston, Lexington, and Stanton Island?
1: I mean, that's the rumor. People swear that's incorrect and people love to say it's not true including people who have been the source to tell me that it is true and then publicly they say it's not so we'll see
0: yeah so if that goes according to the plan here which seems to be at the very least one or two of them doing it if that's the case yeah, yeah but if it does happen then it's like okay well what's where's the situation going to land out how's the geography going to shake out where's the other teams going to go how is this going to look Right. So I am curious about that. Overall, I think there's still leagues better than having a traveling team. So that's a positive there. There just is a little uncertainty I have given the history of professional baseball in that market. And the fact that while, yeah, you're not in direct competition with a future college league team, you're still kind of in competition with them. Because if you're making a decision between going to see The Rock or this new team, the Rocks got an edge on you and I imagine they're probably a bit cheaper as well. So there's that. So that that's just my immediate thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, I do have market concerns for sure. Um, uh, they're not far from Boston at all. What are they? Probably half hour yet yeah, or half hour from Boston. Now look, that's a different conversation I've always said because I think it's a, for the most part a fallacy to say that MLB teams are your competition if you're an indie ball team because I think people are... Often going to indie ball games because they're more affordable. So it's almost you're in different markets in a way, but it's worth noting, too. They're an hour away from uh, Worcester, which the Woosocks ballpark is like one of the most beautiful ballparks out there right now. And people love it. And that. So basically, if you go a half hour to the west, you're probably not going to get many of them. Um, if you go a half hour north, you are in the city of Boston, which is less likely for them to leave the city to go to that game. Um, looking south, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what's down there. I, I got to pull a map up. We got Cape Cod League, obviously, but that's a little bit of a drive off, probably an hour or two. But it is a competition rich environment. So that mm-hmm. is worth worrying about. And hopefully, you're thinking about it. I mean, it's not an environment they haven't been competing in already. So it's not like a new brand trying to identify. It. Well, it's a new brand, sorry, but like mm-hmm. not a new uh, office trying to compete with that, luckily. But uh, yeah, I, I am half very optimistic and half very nervous about that.
0: Because that's the thing with Brockton, though, as a whole, because, like, there's a realm where you could see, okay, this makes a lot of sense. If you have Bostonian suburbs that are essentially what you're trying to draw in here that are already somewhat familiar with the concept of, you know, professional baseball, and there's already been a team there, and you can kind of build off of that. You know, there's a lot there that can definitely work. It's kind of a give-and-a-take thing.
1: Maybe. And, I I mean, the good news, I guess we'll call good news, is, like, while, well, yeah, there are like a dozen teams on Cape Cod. Yeah. Uh, the northernmost team from there is still, is about a half hour south of you. So they're not really in that fully in that competition. So, you know, there's positives there too. I guess I just keep listing positives and that goes back and forth and absolutely getting nowhere. So that's, do you have anything else to add on the Brockton front?
0: No, I don't have anything else for Brockton. I think it, we've kind of come to the conclusion where it's kind of a coin flip market where there's if done right, there's potential, yeah. but if done poorly, it could very well just kind of wrap itself up. And maybe that's part of the reason you take the swing now is if you, as the Frontier League, feel pretty good about, okay, we're going to have a lot of interest for teams coming in. We could afford to take a 50-50 shot here because if that doesn't work out, we have other teams that are going to be coming in to kind of fill the gap.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... No, I think it's well said yeah. and it's going to come down to execution, but I think they, they at the very least have a fair shot to succeed, which is, yeah,
0: they have a fighting chance more than a line. lot of teams.
1: It's more yeah. than a team who just rebranded and announced itself and then introduced itself to its fans and then got them on the hype. Um, fair. I'm on that topic. I'm going to backtrack us just for a minute because okay. we, we breezed over something and I think it's worth noting because it, it does really bother me on the Spire City topic, which is. Okay you mentioned um, the roster of Sparsecy is not going to be transferred to any club, but they're returning to the Atlantic League, those players returning to the Atlantic League will go through a reserve rights draft. So yeah. like what that means is basically if you want to stay in the Atlantic League, you go into a draft for your rights and that is that team that picks you, you know, unless they trade those rights, which actually I don't think you can do. no, you can't do in the Atlantic League. So the team that picks your rights unless they let them go. You have to go that's the only team you can go to in the Atlantic League uh until about a week into the season when those reserve rights then sort of fall by the wayside. That sucks. Yeah. Because these guys you sign with Spire City and then Spire City is not back next year because of the league. Mm-hmm. Like because of a choice, right? Not I mean Not through Spire City's yeah. own doing yeah and even if it was by their own doing that's not the players problem yeah it's like so these guys if they want to play in the top indie league they have to go to one team instead of being allowed to go to free agency
0: well you just ruffled some american association feathers by saying top indie league
1: whatever american association it's not it's not even like they are choosing to because typically that that is designed so you can't just team hop and you have like a golden state warriors throwback situation when that was relevant and where he has yes, create a super team because, you know, friend, all the best friends go to the same team. So like they're avoiding that and honestly taking away player leverage for a different conversation. Um, but it's not even like that's happening. They're not choosing free agency. The free agency is being thrust upon them. And instead of that, they're like, no, you have to go to this market that you never once signed a contract to play in. Cause keep in mind they signed, whether for lack of options or because they wanted to signed to play in Frederick, Merrill. Yeah. And now. They could have a contract to play in a city much further away. That is not a lot of guys play on teams because it's local to them. Their family can see them play home games. Like a lot of owners in that league will have the decency to either not pick them up or release them. If they express, they don't want to be there, which is fine, but it's just not good. It's not necessary. That is, that is not, there is no reason to distribute those reserve rights among the teams. It will that's there's the no reason. There's no reason. Unless there are teams, you know, that have some sort of power within the league and they, I don't know, they tend to get MLB guys, but they have a hard time recruiting other ALBB guys at times because people think they have a bad reputation. I can't think of who but, that
0: would be. Didn't you already go after this said team a couple of weeks ago?
1: Yes. And also there's a couple other ones too. They know who they are. They
0: know who they are.
1: There's a couple other teams who don't retain many players year to year. You go yeah. look at baseball reference. You can figure out who the teams are, which I'll be working. It should be dropping about two weeks. I'm working. Here's a little news drop. I'm yeah. working on the, um, it's been a really ongoing project where I'm trying to do a, uh, a survey that will be accessible to players on basically player treatment and, and facilities and, um, just the ins and outs of what it's like to play in different places. So we start to get kind of a report. So people aren't going blind into things and getting uh, their careers ruined because oh. they just didn't know any better than to sign a contract with a team that wasn't going to treat them well or respect them. And uh, that should be on live work. I'm just currently hammering out the Spanish version of it. So uh, I, I don't speak Spanish. So I am relying on some good friends of mine who are very kind and helpful. So is there
0: a uh, French version? Oh man. Because I believe the Quebec player should get a say in this. Damn,
1: you're right. No, you're right. I just made more work. I I don't argue. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's just, I sure thought that. Um,
0: see, and the thing is too, I wouldn't even brought that up besides A, I like to instigate and B, there's two teams in French. You mean A? Christ. Okay. Really? We're doing this today. Uh, (laughs) but that's the first point. The second point being there is two teams in French Canada. With a rumor of a third. Yeah, so, like,
1: you're right. Yeah. So, like, and you probably it, should be. If there. Honest, I think of the other issues. I think of, you know, okay, there's teams there buying, asking the teams. I'm asking the players. But yeah. I forget, like, there's a good bit of a good bit of French boys up there playing some ball. So, yeah. yeah no, you're right. Oh, oh that, I'm. Yeah. And also, if you have any Haitian players, they French, probably. It's also difficult because. Yeah. The, I'll tell you already, I've floated it past people, get a read and a couple teams that know I'm doing this are not thrilled, so
0: that's funny. Well, I mean, I imagine they're not thrilled about it. Oh, no, accountability. And the thing (laughs) is, too, even the teams that don't do anything wrong, they're like, I would still would rather not have to get a potentially bad uh, employee grade. I'd rather not be an indie ball, rate my professor.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the energy. Yeah. Then we saw, like, the NFL player survey that they did. Fair. That's sort of where we're heading with this. Hopefully, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Any case, though, just to piggyback off what you're saying, yeah, like what bothers me, Joe, is just like these guys sign one year contracts with no expectation of being picked up the following year, and then you're going to do this crap with like reserve rights. It's like, okay, well then, if that's the case, then let them get signed to multi year deals and have job security. Do more in that regard to help the player out. If you're going to do that, but yep, you're right. Yeah, so that's just my point on that. I just don't love that as a thing. And either, like, just let them move about or even still, if you want to pull, like, the reserve right thing and say, hey, for 24, you can go wherever you want. You can do whatever you want. You operate as business as usual. But in 25, when Spire City's back, they're going to get first crack at you if they want you back. I wouldn't love it, but I'd be like, okay, fair enough, fine. But even still... I still think they should have a little bit more right. And I gotta be honest, if I was a guy in that Atlantic league team, I'd be looking to go more like, Hey, Kansas City. Hey, Milwaukee. What's the deal here? And be looking to go yeah, that route.
1: I agree with you there. Um, but there's also news wanna... that may help them
0: out too, that we have, that maybe we should segue right into.
1: Well, I will just throw in, um, the other thing is, yeah, if you sign with a team, they are able to opt to keep your rights, it, like reserve your rights for the Atlantic League, like to basically say you can't sign with anybody else, uh, until again, that day passes. That's the other piece of this. There isn't a team to claim that. So it's weird to allow then the league and other teams to claim that. And mm. but while we're talking, I'm trying to pull a contract of, um, I have some old player contracts here. I'm seeing if there's anything about that in the contract, but I, I highly doubt it. The contracts in Atlantic League are paper thin. Yeah. spoiler alert if you're a player listening to this your contract in the Atlantic League is probably easily avoidable so check that
0: and just like that we could talk about LMB's roster rules there you
1: go get after it
0: so what we were saying there with you know guys like say Leo Cabrera for example here who probably doesn't gain much by staying in the Atlantic League and equally doesn't gain anything from going to the American Association to play against competition that's either the same or lesser He has another option now. LMB has expanded the rosters in a sense. It's still the same 38-player limit. However, the skew is different now. Before, you can only have seven foreign players, but now you can have up to 20 foreign players. That's a huge jump, nearly tripling that number of foreign players in there. And the benefit here is they pay a lot more, so there's a lot of guys that before were kind of tweener players that didn't really get a lot of chances. Well, here's your chance, boys. Go make your money.
1: Yeah, I will say I think the caveat on that is I think Mexican-American players are apparently no longer counted within like the Mexican players. They're yeah. now kind of foreign-born. But I'm like, I need to know details on that because how you draw on that line?
0: So like my to, understanding is it
1: like the Olympics where it's like, it depends on how many grandparents are from that country. Like so it's, it's a choice.
0: I think it's citizenship wise. So if a player has Mexican citizenship, they can count as a Mexican player. But if they don't, and it's a dual thing, then I believe it defaults to the American bit. Cause that was part of the reason <laughs> for this was a matter of they had a problem with a lot of the dual citizenship. So I think this could just very well turn to a case of where were you born? Which side of the line? And, okay, oh. you are born in Mexico, you're a Mexican player. You are born in San Diego, you're an American player. Simple as that. That was apparently people were yeah, forging so. stuff, so... <laughs> Jesus, was like, The People were apparently forging, uh like, birth certificates and shit like that, passports and the like, to try and pass off as a Mexican national player, so that way they could get on. So they figured if we just do a 50-50 split of the roster it eliminates the problem. Which I imagine it probably does. Yeah, I guess so. I follow. So I'm thinking, honestly, it's for the best. I mean, if you want to have a quality league and a high-talent league, let the best players play. I understand to a certain degree you want to protect uh, natural, national-born players and you want to foster the game amongst them. I get that. But, like, at the same point in time here, like, Let's be real. The best Mexican players are not playing in LMB, so it's not like yeah, even right. a an MPB situation where it's like, okay, we're going to protect the best Japanese players until they're already in the middle of their prime, and then they can go out and get paid by MLB.
1: Yeah, or even like Lido, who's bringing in a lot of the top players, true, like back in the offseason. So, which by the way, did you see that trade? I did not. Oh, my God. It's so funny really because like fancy baseball to an extent where uh, Vlad Jr. got traded for um, Jose Ramirez in the Dominican League. And it's like, I'm sorry, what?
0: Well, see, that was like, perfect. If Tim Anderson ever goes down there, he's got to be terrified.
1: Right? Yeah. Oh, man. I was just – anyway, sorry. It's just – it's so fun, man. I'm, I'm, awesome. I started watching it last year more, and I'm glad I did.
0: All right. But yeah, any other thoughts on, uh, roster rules before we switch into American association discussion? Because we do have something that kind of connects to this. Uh,
1: I have heard from a couple front office staff that they think that's going to make things a little difficult. Um, oh, they, they do think that's going to up the competition for them and, uh, teams that, you know, already might have been struggling with the number of guys are losing to the Mexican league. Uh, they're a little, they're a little stressed.
0: Like, I understand that, and I do feel for them, and I do want high quality indie ball. Don't get me wrong, but I also want these guys to go out and be able to, you know, have a career doing this. So, like, oh, yeah, like for
1: the oh, yeah, I don't feel bad for the teams at all. Like, uh, get the boys paid, that's number one. And then from there, and by the way, if you're in the school of thought, that's like they're they should be just happy to be playing baseball. Like, I do it for free. Yeah, you would do it for free. No one's trying to pay you to play baseball, are they? So, like, these guys are good enough to make a living and they deserve to do it. Just like whatever you do for a living, you deserve to make a living doing it. So that is why I feel that way. And if you cannot pay players to compete in that environment that you should not own, a team. Is my thought process there. Sorry. That's a, before we get ahead of it and people can start filling in the blanks on their own. It's, yeah. I do understand it's going to make some things difficult for front offices, but as a rule of thumb, I just do not care.
0: I agree. It's just, I take a different route of thinking, which is like, that's part of the job like you get tossed things and that pops up like yeah it sucks yeah it's difficult it's like being a fireman and complaining about the flames being hot it's like well that's kind of part of the deal you signed up willingly to do that same thing with being a front office employee it's like you signed up for that you are free to leave whenever you want so from that perspective i get it i do have some empathy beyond the sense of like hey it did just make your job a lot more difficult but like again figure it out
1: it's worth noting while they can make more money in Mexico I have run into half a dozen guys, which is one of those things where that means there's definitely more. Cause I don't know that many guys, big picture um, who have decided to play in America when they could have played in Mexico and they even were, and they were like, Hey, I just want to get into America to play in America. Like I got a family. It's a headache to be down in Mexico at this point in my career. Like I don't want to, that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So like just being in America is a selling point. For your team for a lot of guys so you know yeah maybe they can pay better but you can bring other things to the table so if it's all about the financial thing maybe think about what else are you doing for the players to make it a desirable location to go to that's the tip
0: that's that's my advice then also i mean it probably does help you a bit to a certain extent if you have those good connections with mlb scouts and whatnot and you can promise like hey a couple times a week we're gonna have a guy here looking watching waiting and spreading the word if you have that consistently, it's like, well, hey, if I can get in front of like a Red Sox scout consistently, maybe I'm better off knowing for a fact I'm going to have a scout here like once a homestand and he's going to be watching me and getting to know me like there's ways you could do that. Plus, if you're already an American player, it's easier to play in America than it is to get a Mexican visa and play down there. Not to mention, if you get cut from a Mexican team, it may be a little bit more difficult to find another Mexican job than it would be to say, like, oh, I didn't make it in Kansas City. Maybe I'll go to Gary.
1: Right. Yeah, you're right. No nuts. We'll move along from there because there's more I could throw in, but it's just, that's a little in the weeds when I mean, we have a whole offseason to talk about that stuff.
0: Yep. Oh, off is going to be fun. It's just going to be this show on repeat. Mm-hmm. Any case, uh, while we're in tequila state of mind, uh, Champions mm-hmm. Baseball League is this weekend. Starts on the twenty eighth, so today while we're recording it, but it will be you know several days, and actually will be just about done by the time you're listening to it. Uh, it goes to October first, mirrored in Mexico on the Yucatan, Uh two games a day with a championship game on Sunday. You can watch it on AA Baseball TV. As some are aware, this is champions from the Cuban National Series, the American Association. I what's it? LMB as the third, and then I forget the fourth. Colombia. Could be I forget if it was Colombia or Nicaragua. I think Colombia. Oh make my more Oh, sense. Shoot. Um.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to be invested. My problem is it's having during the Atlantic League Championship, so I'm like,
0: oh. That's part of it, awesome man. Like, it's been a long season. Like yeah. from Mexico, April, Cuba,
1: Cuba Colombia, we got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's we're so good at this, dude. We're the best.
0: Oh really? Gosh, you're gonna stay up till nine o'clock to watch the Yucatan Fargo game tomorrow?
1: Uh i don't know but i know it didn't go great today
0: yeah they lost 3-1 yeah womp womp.
1: they rallied womp at the womp. end
0: apparently i didn't see it i was at work so you know But uh, yeah and in case yeah. you're wondering uh. yeah fargo's the representative from the american association they're the ones we're going to focus on because they're the indie ball team uh this is the champion from the 2022 season hence fargo there there's not a lot of 2022 Red Hawks, though, and they kind of filled out the roster to make it more or less an American Association all-star team. I think I'm going to agree with Ryan when I say I'm happy it's happening a lot. I really liked seeing this, and this is kind of what I want to see on the North American indie ball side of things. And I'd love to see this with like the Pioneer, the American, the Atlantic, and the Frontier I am a little disappointed the roster isn't entirely Fargo, but I also understand from a practical perspective that was just not going to be the case. So I'm happy I'm getting what I'm getting. It just is a little jarring seeing a guy like Chris Herman who spent the whole year in Kansas City and won a championship in Kansas City playing for Fargo. That's all.
1: Yeah, and and I said it online too. I think that will probably, hopefully, correct itself over time because, you know, guys, when they sign their deals with fargo this year they didn't know that this was even happening this was mid-season it was rolled out so if you sign with kansas city in the offseason this year you know that they're scheduled to do this in late september um maybe early october so hopefully you know you have the opportunity to sort of keep your schedule open for that and that will be the real test is like with that opportunity are they actually prioritizing this or are they not in which case maybe this format could be in some trouble unfortunately
0: yeah, that definitely could be the case. i also looking at the staff here. Anthony Barone's on the staff. Oh. Yeah, it's Chris Coast, Robbie Lopez, Barone, uh, Joe Dominique, and Ty Hassel.
1: Good crew. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that, that went well. Yeah. Uh,
0: in case people are wondering what the, uh, the roster looks like, we got Garrett Alexander, Colton Davis, Alex DuBord, Grant, Gavin austin goodrow or Godot uh tyler yeah you're good yep tyler grauer charlie hasty dj snelton mitchell verberg christian young catchers are chris herman roy morales i like that a lot infielders are manny boskin dason crows sam dexter leo peña corral prime drew ward and justin wiley outfielders are evan alexander max murphy alex oland Connor Panis and Dylan Thomas. So some Red Hawks in there, but like I said, as you could tell, a whole assortment of American Association friends. So I get why he's a Champions League too. It's just like, I think I rather would have just seen an All-Star team from each of these leagues play against each other. I think that would have been a little bit more fun, even if it doesn't play the way. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there.
0: I think Allen B probably would run away, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, (laughs) I think everyone's in trouble already. I mean, I was hopeful for, for this Forgo club, but then they couldn't even get past the Cuban team. That's not a good start. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. This could be tough.
0: Yeah. I think it'll one and two finish and that's a good showing.
1: I agree wholeheartedly there.
0: I feel like they could probably beat the Colombian team. I don't have yes. a high chance against Yucatan, even though
1: no, I think it could get, that could get ugly.
0: Do we know what the Yucatan roster looks like?
1: I'm wondering, what time's their game tonight, too? I got to go back.
0: Uh, they play two nine two. Oh, Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess they would be the invert. If you're asking about Yucatan, they play... Yeah, so they always have the late game, it looks like.
1: That's what lmbcom got a feature. Cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Wait. Oh. Oh. I didn't realize they were the Lions. I know the team. I just didn't know the, the where they're based out of. Oh, they're done. Yeah, it could not go well. This actually really could go very badly. Like, I'm looking at the roster. I'm the
1: third right now. Nothing, nothing still.
0: Okay, that's good. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like looking at this lineup though. I'm just like, oh, this isn't looking great. Oh, yeah, it could be a problem. This could definitely be a problem, boys. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's not good. Uh, I don't think that's the most up to date <laughs> roster. Yeah, no, I'm seeing former major leaguers on here, like a lot of them too.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. This could be, uh, yeah, yep, yep. I know where i might put my money if I had to.
0: Oh, Henderson Alvarez is on the team. Happy for you. Indie ball legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colombian team was uh, grandma. Okay, I think they got a chance against this one. I'm not seeing too much here. It's quite the endorsement. The problem with the Cuban team, too, is you can never judge it, right? Like, I don't know how good sure. or bad any of these guys are because they never played anywhere with Cuba. I can judge the rest of them because they have free will to leave as they please.
1: I'll get you in a Yasiel Puig situation.
0: Yeah, that's never great. Anyway, I don't
1: think that's what the podcast is supposed to be about. That's
0: on me. This episode is just going to be called Toxic. Because huh. it's a total yeah. waste.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, maybe. Anyway,
0: <laughs> any case, so that's enough L&B talk. And uh, we do have <laughs> two other pieces of news we actually have to get to. Uh, first of which is... From Monday, uh Cleveland announced they're not going to renew Logan Watkins' contract. Friend of the show, Logan Watkins. Uh They will have a new manager for 2024. Watkins, in his two and a half seasons in Cleveland, made the playoffs three times with an even record of 131 and 131. Talk about even there. Uh, I will say, though, his two full seasons weren't quite as good, 96 and 104. So, uh not a bad manager by results. Cleburne, I also imagine, isn't the easiest place to work mainly because it's hot as hell but mm-hmm. yeah it's bad that the first thought I had was Pete doesn't have a new contract and he lives in Texas
1: yeah and uh, Tri city put out that story that there's an article about them saying like they intend to bring him back there's no guarantee about anything in there I don't yeah. know and, and I mean from what I'm hearing I, I heard from the rumor mill that that might be uh City might be trying to shake something up the fact that it's even, uh, here's here's the thing, like, managers all across IndieBall are working on year-to-year contracts. Yeah. It does not, those do not all get their own articles saying, like, oh, we're working on it. It just, it gets done, and most of the time it's not an, an announcement uh, about it. yeah. It's like, of course he's back, yeah, whatever. Like, it's interesting that that article even had to happen. So, yeah, uh, something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that, and obviously there's exceptions that do get multi-year contracts. I think Joe Calpha Pietra immediately, I think he has a three year contract. Michael Schlatt, he signed, I believe, a five year deal a couple years back. So he still has three years on that. But those are outliers yeah. normally. Like you'll have some guys that get that privilege, but most of them don't get it. So and also, I mean, in those cases too, Alpha Pietra's been like what? New Jersey and then immediately to Kansas City. So he wants to be there. He's a good manager, so there's a fit there. And in the case mm-hmm. of Missoula. They're a really good team with Michael Schlett run the show. He's stability. He's a good manager. And I can't imagine Missoula, Missouri. Or fuck, I just called it Missouri, didn't I? Oh boy. That's bad. Yeah. Missoula, Montana is that much of a metropolitan destination that's gonna draw in a lot of people. Like so when you find a guy that's down to be there, likes being there, and does a good job there, you just kinda go, Yeah, you wanna be here for the next five years? Cool why don't you sign this contract and in five years we'll give you another one exactly like this
1: yeah I know i I agree and I don't necessarily think that uh there's anybody uh any of people we've recently talked about that kind of fill that description out so yeah um yeah yeah I, I don't know what to make of the thecle thing I, I'm trying to think of I'm going to have to do some sort of like recurring, like coaching carousel graphic once the, the uh, offseason officially starts once the Atlantic League series is over. So, um, because there's a lot of moving parts right now in any Ball. Yeah. And we're going to have to start. There's a lot of landing spots. Like, I mean, I know that Jersey seems to be looking to re sign PJ, but PJ Phillips is kind of like, I'm going to look around elsewhere. So that's another spot now. <laughs> that is, it, there's a lot I feel like maybe maybe it feels like more because I'm more sort of in on leagues that aren't just the Atlantic League but yeah, I just feel like a lot of things this year
0: yeah like one of the things that I know a I lot of
1: people like, starting on the hot seat next year too I think that's probably oh, yeah. part of what I'm feeling
0: yeah I yeah. wonder what Lamar Rogers situation is too because like you gotta oh, get I, paid more to go sure. to Gary but like because it's Gary but like he's just not really hacking it over there but like
1: I strongly suspect that will be an opening yeah, that's, I mean, there's nothing official, but I mean, I think he might be paid more than almost any friend. Cause um, he's in gear, dude. Association manager. Yeah. Like you do have to pay to get somebody there. Like, and that's a new, I mean, remember that owner did not sign him. Yeah. So sure. a new owner. They're paying him a good bit to pay out that contract. I, I just could see. I could see that being.
0: It's just um, such a tough job, though. I mean, like, yeah, getting I'm trying players to figure to out the way say, I'll oh, get okay, in trouble. <laughs> I'll just say it, it's yeah, a I mean, tough market. It's like n- nobody thinks Gary, Indiana, what a lovely destination. It's a very yeah, we were rough
1: Yeah, we've talked about before the pros and cons. I'm like, We're not going to dunk on it, but yeah. it's, it is a tough market. Like, every market has its challenges. That's one of the challenges. So
2: mm.
1: I would say that when I last had somebody try to Give me a sales pitch on Gary. The sales pitch on that team was that as close to the exit or the on ramp and off ramp. I was like, that's not a sales pitch, but okay. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, it's maybe a sales. Normal. Maybe that is a positive, And also maybe they could work on their sales pitch, but yeah, it it's is like definitely God, there's so many interesting markets that are available. Like everything has. So, uh, okay. The, the quick one is like, there's going to be certain markets that are like, really in demand because I, so many of them come with a little like you know good job but like Cleburne is a tough market it's hard to get people in there Gary's yep. got all that baggage that comes with Gary I still expect Windy City to become an opening I think that's actually a pretty good job Um yep. I think it's worth seeing what happens if Butch Hobson feels like coming back to Chicago because he's had health issues Yeah. Um, but then you look at New Jersey if that ends up being an opening that has huge question marks all around that i'd be interested to see who ends up having to sell for that job if Mm. there is an opening um or what they might have to pay pj to come back um there's a lot of interesting ones and it really puts high pressure on those jobs that you know it's rare for a manager managerial opening to happen on a team that has its act together because that means they have it together and they're still not successful and they want to be successful like Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's you know things are falling apart the manager is tired of being there so he leaves or you know there's like bad relationships or whatever and it, it's complicated from the jump it's it's rare that you get one that you know they have it together. that's why I think it's worth looking at Tri city and talking about you know
2: yeah
1: it, it, that's not a done deal yet that is if I don't know if I'm a manager, I want to see It's tough to wait because you don't want to get stuck. You know, somewhere non-ideal. We were just talking, like, moments ago. That or be left without a dance partner. But, like, damn, it's hard to not be interested in in what's going on there.
0: One dude I do wonder about, and this is going to be total speculation. I don't have anything on it, but I do wonder if a guy like Brett Jody's kind of done in Lincoln, if he wants to move on from there, if there's an opening out east, if he'd be interested in it. I wonder about that, because Lincoln really hasn't been killing the game over in the American Association. Do you remember he was kind of a last-second option that kind of appeared after they lost the manager. So, you know, like he chose to be there and he's been there for two years now. So we could have left after year one. But I wonder if like, say, Tri-City opens up if you're not like, hey, I can go back to an area I know uncomfortable in. You know, it's kind of appealing to be more like out east if you're in that situation. I wonder about that because I feel like you do better too, out east. Like, the Somerset teams were never phenomenal. I'm not sure they won a championship under him or not. They may have. Uh, But certainly, he had more success in the Atlantic League. And I'm not saying he goes right back to that league. But I am saying that, like, maybe you do a little bit better if you're not maybe not New Jersey, but maybe like Tri-City or Brockton. You know, like, yeah, it's a step down. But if the pay is not that far off, you know, I think it's something to at least look at.
1: Well, he did win in 2015, by the way, okay, with think, Somerset. Um, that's the one I wasn't sure about. If well, he was still, what if about he was Brockton? Still
0: yeah. That's what I was what about thinking. about Brockton? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Like, I mean, like that, it just seems like if he's an East Coast guy, if you have a chance to be back on the East Coast, you jump at the chance to get there. Like, obviously, there's a lot of other considerations to factor in, but like, hey, something else. And 15 was the year i wasn't sure about i wasn't sure if he was still man if he was the manager at that point or if he wasn't quite at the helm yet i thought he was but i didn't want to say oh well he did win the one and then be like well no he didn't so
1: took over before 2013
0: okay so we did have Damn, to do he
1: from. had a longer run in somerset they remembers
0: yeah no he was i think they only had like two managers up to that point
1: yeah uh sparky Lyle, right yep no one in, yeah no one in between
0: yep so that's why and that's why i was like when they went Affiliate, I was like, "Oh, you just did a lot of people dirty. That's why I kind of hold that grudge." From like, you screwed over like three or four guys really badly, and that ain't right. I'm not gonna say don't make a move because of three or four people, but like, I really hope they were clued into that decision before it got made, because otherwise, that's a dirtbag move.
1: Hmm. I, yeah, think, I don't even
0: have detail on that one yeah i'd love to know what the how that went down there because like my only thought on it is like look especially in the case of brett it's like he was playing for you before he started managing for you he was basically a patriot through and through i'm not saying don't make the move because of him but i feel like the amount he's given to your organization and the loyalty there earned him at least like a. Hey, as a heads up, you may want to start looking for another job. We're pretty sure we're going to go the affiliate route if we can. Like, I think he's earned that. Yeah, let me
1: see. Um, like, I get well, that's I not might, how it always works. I might works, have some insight here. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. He was a very late, late addition with Lincoln because that yeah. first year, I, if I. I'm correct. He didn't even really have his own coaching staff because he was signing like April demands there. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: mm, That's what I'm saying.
1: What else we got here? We got Sioux City, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I guess we could talk about Sioux City now as we transition. off. I I don't
1: want to push along, but we are talking. We sort of skimmed in right into the American Association talks. I'm kind of like, well, shoot, we're right there.
0: Yeah. So speaking of teams that were on the verge of being homeless or, you know, going on hiatus or being added, Sioux City is another one. We have an update on that. Uh, proposals are all in. There's only two of them. And the Parks and Rec Commission here have said, we're going to support the Sioux City proposal, basically boiling down to, we know what they're about. So we're going to back them. We're familiar with them. Now, of course, mm-hmm. what the Parks and Rec Committee says doesn't really mean anything because it's the city council that makes the final decision. I learned that from the show. Exactly. See, someone get Nick Offerman in here. I need a decision made. <laughs> But, oh my god Anywho, uh, two proposals One's from Sioux City, the other one's from the Northwoods League Here's how they break down The Explorer's proposal $100,000 a year annually in rent It's a 12 year contract 15 days for non-tenant use AKA they can rent the ballpark out to somebody else For 15 days a year Uh Presumably that's for like food trucks That's for concerts That's for festivals Trade shows, shit like that Um There's also going to be a a promise of continued investment into the ballpark. Uh, the Northwoods League, their contract will be 25000 annually with a 3% increase. I don't know if that's a 3% annual increase or if that's just 3% from the time the contract starts to the time the contract ends. It would be a 10-year contract with 500000 in capital improvements made. Uh was never specified if the Northwoods League team would be giving that money or if it would be the city giving the money. I would imagine it implies it'd be the team. Okay. Because otherwise I can't imagine they're going to be dictating terms when they want to use your thing. Uh, that mm-hmm. doesn't really work that way. And there would be only 10 non tenant use days. So only 10 days for like shows, concerts, trade shows, things like that. So those are the two proposals. Which is,
1: yeah. Which is a, I'm sorry. This is so like, this is off topic, but I, I'm not really, it's just that it's very odd that, uh, that's where they would draw the line on that proposal yeah. like having less tenant you said why you have a shorter baseball schedule what else are you doing dude like you can't afford to spend as much like sweeten the deal i mean obviously i must be missing something but it just seems so bizarre.
0: my theory on that is just because keep in mind if the city owns the facility the city could just rent it out to those groups that want to do that thing and they wouldn't need this primary tenant as a middleman so let's say Sioux mm, City okay. wants a music festival there. Why do you need the Explorers or this Northwoods League to run it for you? You could just go and do it yourself and go to juice the pot elsewhere. Mm, like, would it be Yeah, like, especially if, let's say, you just hire a specialist to plan that, all right, and you pay them 15000 to plan this one specific event. Is it cheaper to just spend the 15000 a year for the dude to plan it? or to go and knock off however much off of a lease deal that you're going to be bringing in. You know, it's just a matter of if the city could do it. It's just like, hey, you could do it instead. Because keep in mind, the team's going to take a cut of that.
1: Yeah, man. Okay, that, that might piece that together for me then, because I was confused. But that is not even the main point. The main point is just a good thing. that seems that Sioux City has a jump here. Hopefully the ballpark can be maintained well if this mm-hmm. continues to go through. I'm still hesitant. There was there were some very unhappy uh comments and dms from sioux city people but um about me being like yo like they gotta figure that out and the american association needs to pay attention to this yeah.
2: they're
1: like oh look at the proposals it's like obviously as i'm in close i'm like yo it's a few hundred thousand dollars if sioux city has to that, it's not a deal breaker if they don't like you um sorry i sound harsh but it's what yeah. it is. like the, i still can't get past leg. the way people were talking at the end of that season yeah. you know what i mean
0: Oh yeah, no, the was vibes so were off. They were very it was very yeah. really a sense of finality with it, where it's just like goodbye forever. That kind of vibe. And we can't forget, it was less than two years ago, they were fighting over seats. They yeah. were fighting over exactly. seating arrangements when they draw like what attendance wise? This past year, bottom, they drew just under twelve hundred a game. Now, granted, there was only three less than Claiborne did, but Claiborne has the uphill battle of being 100 degrees for most of the summer. So, like, yes, I'm just saying, like, they weren't really killing the game in any real discernible regard. You want to go to 2022, I imagine it's pretty much the same story. Same story. They did better this past year. They got about an extra 90 or so people into the ballpark every day, but still 1100 a game go back to 21 like okay maybe we're dealing with a residual pandemic but i don't believe iowa was really one of the like hardcore lock it down kind of states yeah i think yeah so even still okay they still had just about 1100 that's what they're drawing a game so it's not like it's this giant rush to the gates here that you're getting so like don't really sell me on that kind of deal where it's like oh well you know there's such fan support or whatever it may be it's like no there's not no, it's not, it's an 1100 game. You're bottom of your league. If, don't tell me. Yeah, if that. There's,
1: yeah, if this were your fan support, then this wouldn't be an issue.
0: Exactly. So like if, um, you because to either their money the or there'd be
1: politicians worried about being seen as losing the team, even if the team is a losing enterprise. Exactly. Um, and it's on
0: one of those levels where it actually makes a difference. You're on a municipal level where, yeah, a couple hundred people that are pissed about this could swing an election one way or the other. And yeah. it's a bad look too, where it's like, we're losing a family friendly activity. That's going to hurt my value. What are we doing?
1: Mm, yeah, you're right. And I mean, to the, the real point of it, which is what we were kind of talking about is that the way people were talking when this thing was open, like the goodbye post wasn't the typical like till next season thing was like, like talking like this is the last time we're leaving this ballpark type of thing. And it's like, yeah. whoa, like. And then to get the amount of like attitude, like it's so ridiculous that this would happen for certain people, including people that are oh, around that front office. I was kind of like, I mean, either they know something we don't, or there are some lies being told either to them or by them. So okay. it'll be interesting to see if this, you know, goes through smoothly. Maybe the see thought they had something they didn't. That's the live possibility as well.
0: Yeah. See, honestly, that could be part of it. It also could be part of maybe the way we mis we read it was a bit off because it was a bad loss. But even still, mm-hmm. like, I agree. The vibe on that was very much like like the mood around a funeral. And it's like, look, if you have information that's different, feel free to share it. If not, don't start coming in and saying, you don't know what you're talking about, you're way off on it, without telling me why I'm off. If you're just going to say I'm wrong because it just won't happen, well, that doesn't mean anything. Like, there's so many other teams are like, it just... you're totally wrong on it. It won't happen. And then the thing happened, right? Like mm-hmm. how many teams really got saved at the last minute? I think we can count on our hands how many times that's happened.
1: Oh yeah. Barely ever.
0: Yeah. Like the most I mean, recent and prominent example I could think of really is like Kansas city.
1: Right. Yeah. and that Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if there's the same hunger around the Super City, because I also think, well, I don't really know what Kansas City's ballpark was like before,
0: but I mean, it's usually... Well, it was feels also like a lot of just, that, the uh, ownership wasn't great, the and basketball. then Meyer came in, and kind of like, yeah, okay, we're paying off I, the debts, we're doing the Negro yeah. League thing, and then we're going to go from there.
1: Yeah, and it appears to have a ballpark that needs work. I will be the first I have not set a foot in that ballpark yet, and I am hoping to next year, well, Um but... Going to go to the, Evansville? Field trip. I don't know, dude. I'm just going to keep wandering out until I get lost in the corn, baby. Um, Uh, north,
0: go to Canada.
1: Oh, what is, I don't, again, legally, I think I'm in a gray area of Canada. So we'll see about all that. But what I, I do know is that, uh, it can be a real hindrance as a new owner or to finding a new owner for a team or for finding a new person to take on or to put a team in a ballpark. If that ballpark needs a bunch of work. So it, it is just more expensive than you think. And it gets more expensive every day with construction. So just be aware. I mean, there's rumors being whispered about that Lexington might be back on the market again to the right person. So I don't know. That's not actively being shopped, but I think there's a, they'd be open to offers is what I'm, the vibe I'm getting. And I think a lot of that is just because that ballpark costs so much to get up to any sort of standard and it's still not there. So that is how big a deal the ballpark can be. And if Sioux City is fighting that battle right now. The city and the team, that is it, it, that will remain a ticking time bomb until the investment is there to actually do what they need to do.
0: I would really like to know, too, what it costs to be profitable over in Sioux City. Because I got to imagine mm-hmm. the expenses are a bit lower just from geographic region. But I also imagine mm-hmm. you're not able to charge nearly as much. And you know, if you're averaging even twelve hundred a game, how many people do you have to come in just to cover the rent?
1: Yeah, um, and that's across fifty Lexington's days. Ballpark was a was big, it was like too well, big. Yeah, Lexington. Lexington's a famously far too big. Yeah. But Lexington's ballpark cost about twenty five to thirty thousand dollars a night to run, just to have it open for a game. Yeah, so yeah. I'd say maybe half that. For a reasonable ballpark.
0: Okay. So called 12. So we're
1: looking at $13. So to say it's 11 bucks on the average seat yeah. sale into city. Look at their prices, which I'm, I'm actually halfway through a graphic on that. That's why I was able to quickly pull that. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, yeah, like, I'm going to have to check. Uh, this I'm somewhere. halfway through it. yeah, a whole comparison on everyone's uh, ticket prices. Uh, the, I mean, math. <laughs> uh that's what uh, Jesus Ryan don't say something stupid just do the math on the calculator that's at 1300 to keep the lights on like to keep the ballpark to break even so any night you're under 1300 now that's just using ticket sales so I mean to be fair there's also merch sales and all that stuff Um I, mean, I don't know yeah. what that does not include front office staff typically in that math so I mean, and that does not include players. Certainly. So, oh, no, maybe that one did. Maybe it didn't include players. But point is, you're going to have to sell probably at least a thousand a game just to break even. It's probably going to be more than that. Um And I don't know what they're doing on merch sales, too. But also, it, if it's a tight economy in a rural community or an industrial community, you can bet there's a little less pocket change around, and you'll start to see that churn up. You know, you, you, if you can keep your ticket sales yeah. consistent. It'll be hard on the food and the extra thing. that's like merch, so you could see it there, too. Yeah, the I am not going to be an expert on that one. Yeah, I mean, there's so many places at expense to go to. I don't know what their beast looks like uh recently, and I guess we have a bit of an idea now, but yeah, I won't. But let's just say probably about 1,200-ish tickets. At the same time other than that, they're probably taking a loss.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you're averaging just under that number, you're averaging a loss.
1: Yeah, probably. And that's assuming that is a truthful number, so it's probably a little under that,
0: too. I'm concerned about that, and I'm also just concerned, like I said, relationship they've had with the city before. There's a lot pointing me that still is concerned about this, so I guess to wrap it back to the point, which is to say, people that think that this is completely off the table, I find it hard to believe that's completely off the table. It just, there's a lot of information pointing to the opposite.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you think it's Completely off the table, like to quote the American poet, so sort of the backstreet boys, tell me why. Like, I, yeah. I, I need to see some reasoning.
0: Something else. I mean, it
1: literally, uh, the, okay. Hard truth, hard truth. Yeah. I'll say, except for maybe Tanya, every indie ball team is vulnerable.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing that yeah. you're just so, you're beholden to the market is really the case where. Yeah. If it's a downturn, it's like you're one of the first things getting cut. Like that's just the yeah, reality of it. Yep. So unless you're unless like you
1: establish your value when the economy is good. That's what I'm preaching constantly. Establish your value.
0: That so, or you have to become an institution. Establish value in good
1: times so you can survive the bad times. You have to become an institution. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like I say a Quebec oh, or something has kind of transcended more than just being a ball club. It's a it's an event.
1: Yeah, I think it's
0: fair. The one of the ten that are safe uh but
1: uh what else we got on the the docket here all right
0: yeah news wise that's does it for news but we have a playoff update to do um yeah so let's get to the playoff update uh we have a league that's just wrapped up and another league that's about to wrap up so this is going to be our second to last playoff update because we'll have the Atlantic League done this time next week so I guess that will kind of sort of be our I guess, does this make this the final show of the season? Yeah, I believe so. Damn. And to think, we spent nearly two hours talking about news and off-the-wall shit. We suck. Well, at least we're consistent. Ending the season as we spent it. Beautiful. Let's talk about how Kansas City kicks the crap out of Chicago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, that was so bad that I got lit up on I socials saw. a little bit because I, I literally too. forgot that they had won a game. Like Chicago won a game. Like yeah. it just felt like a sweep, man. I
0: knew you did too. And I was like, I could text him about it. I was like, he just did a whole thread. He's not going to redo the thread again. rid that. I'm just going to get in on this and be like, uh, it wasn't a sweep. It was close to a sweep. They lost three straight, uh, Chicago did, but it wasn't quite a sweep. Uh, yeah, so they did win the 16-inning game that we mentioned uh, last week. And then it was nearly done. And in fact, as I was editing 237, that's when Chicago won. And I think I made a remark on that show where I'm like, yeah, watch. I'm going to be halfway through editing this thing and Chicago's going to lose. And that's exactly what happened. I will say... It was close, and it also wasn't close, if that makes sense. Like, Kansas City, you could yeah, tell, was the, was the better team. But there were close games in it. Obviously, you play a 16-inning game. That's a close game. I mean, that just comes down to one side got a good break and the other side didn't. That, that's the yeah. end result there. Game four, for example, that was a walk-off by O'Grady. And I felt so bad for I, I'm pretty sure it was Altman that dived the dove for that ball, and it was just out of his reach. And if you notice, right before that bat, he shifts over one step. Because I guess he was trying to play over a little bit. And if he doesn't shift over that little bit, when he makes the dive, he's able to get that ball. Now, I don't think he's able to pop back up and get the out. That would have either, at that point, I think that would have ended the inning. Or at the very least, given him a shot at the plate. But, like... He still would have had the ball. And that makes you feel a little bit better if you're able to at least get it. But it was just outside of his reach by that step margin. I felt so bad for that dude. Because he could tell when he was just laying there on the ground. He was like, why would I shift he over? He Yeah. He knew. And he felt that one. And it's like, dude, you shouldn't feel anything here. Like, you're a large part of why they're here right now. Like, without you here, they're not making the playoffs. Let's be real for a minute. Like, you're an MVP candidate. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make that feel better. But, like, this ain't on you, bud. So I felt bad for him. But, yeah, Kansas City just kind of did what they always did, which was they first time through, you're going to get them. The second time through, they're going to start to get to you. But if you can still break even, you still got a chance. And then the third time through is where they light you up. Because now it's like, yeah. oh, we know what we're dealing with here. And, yeah, they got
1: yeah. too many professional headers in that lineup.
0: Exactly. And it's just too much business as usual with them. Mm-hmm. And it stems top to bottom, and that's the problem, is they were a deep team, too. Where it's like, you don't get a break here. Where's the break here? Either you have indie ball slugger or former major leaguer, and it's like, well, this just... It doesn't matter. There's a reason why they've now won three titles in five years.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen by accident.
0: Yeah, which... Do you think three and five qualifies as a dynasty? Yeah, I think so. Like that's what I was thinking too. I was like, especially because they've been competitive in years in between. That's the thing, and like the only year they weren't was the hiatus year for COVID.
1: Yeah. So like that, and like uh, yeah, I feel like that's yeah three out of five, man. It's hell of a run. I mean, there's great teams that don't get that done because it's damn hard yeah. like uh
0: and the only reason it's not like yeah. three in a row is because they just ran into like a really good Fargo team last year like
1: yeah i mean really I, I would say too
0: there's people who would call
1: like the like early 2010s giants a dynasty because they won three out of five yeah and like they were like just okay in 2011 and they were like outright bad in 2013
0: even like, your bullshit
1: yeah, so like, uh, yeah, I feel uh, like I feel like Kansas dying. City
0: does qualify for this though. I feel like they are definitely in that grouping. And like here's
1: here, here's the thing. And I think it's a fair copy. I've never heard anyone else bring this up and I'm just and I, which makes me I don't know. I'm surprised and so confident. <laughs> okay. Is I'm trying to think about I gotta I'm backtracking my head the other American Association champs come back a few here.
0: You do know there's a page on the American Association website. Yeah, I'm
1: heading right there. Okay. I know it.
0: Uh, it's all right. God bless them for making it easy. That's why I like these guys.
1: I hate to be that guy. It's not three out of five.
0: They didn't include it yet.
1: That's two out of three.
0: One, two,
1: three, four. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. We're not counting T-B. 2020. Yep. Yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah, I don't... See, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm not taking that away. The milkman won mm-hmm. that fair and square. They played by the rules that were there. So I don't like this half championship crap. They won it. That was the rules. That said... Mickey Mouse. It was six teams. It, it was six it was teams. Mouse is what it was. And, like, it's a different setup here. Which, again, what did we say two weeks ago, Chicago? What did we say two weeks ago when you were talking your shit after beating Milwaukee? Mm. Don't talk your shit. You still have more to win. And even their twenty twenty weird ass season ring is still a ring and it's still more than you have. So again. Yeah. Um and technically now mm-hmm. Milwaukee's won more final games than you have, even if we don't count the twenty twenty season. Just want to point that out there.
2: Oops.
1: Uh um, for that um, 16. game, It's definitely dude, it's definitely a dynasty. Because if you go back, the twenty twenty three it's a championship. Twenty twenty two, it's not a championship, but it's the best record in the league, and they just didn't get done in the playoffs. Twenty twenty one championship a championship. M- twenty twenty oh, they did not they yeah. did not compete, so twenty twenty is not in the conversation. Yeah, it doesn't count. Uh twenty nineteen uh they win the division again, did not have the best record, but still made it into the playoffs with a division title,
2: mm-hmm.
1: regular season title, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then 2018, again, championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah, That's a dynasty, man. Yeah. But, uh, the, I never got to the point, and it's not relevant here in this situation, but I will say, if we're qualifying it as three out of five years, you win a championship while also... Um, being competitive. You know, being competitive in the meantime. Yeah. I think it's also like you can't also have another team doing the same thing. Like, I know two teams can't win three out of five, but like, if the, if another team has won I would, two of those and like, I would, I mean, see, yeah. here's
0: the problem I have with that though is like, I don't think another team being really good at the same time diminishes your accomplishment.
1: I think. No, it's not, that's not an accomplishment, but I think if we're going to slap the dynasty on it, it is like singular. I like mean, you the are the problem, dynasty though is... of that, of that realm. That is yours until someone comes and takes it. See, can I, in my opinion, you can't have two. You can have another one in a different league. That's fine. But I, the, the great dynasties do not
0: share with others. I would only say that it can't be in the same division. I'm fine with it in another division because. Divisions can be awfully weak. Look at what the Frontier League's been doing out in the West. Like, you can go ahead and play substandard ball out West, make the final, and then it's like, okay, you're playing an East team that just had to, like, fight and claw for the last three months and barely got by by, like, the skin of their teeth. So, like, that juices the numbers on a little bit, too. So, like... I think you can have two in the same league. I think they can coexist. I think only one can be a dynasty, and the better of the two, yeah. And I'd go as far to say that definition of competitive and non-championship years has to either be a division title or a record significantly above 500, probably like 7 to 10 games above 500 to be significant enough for me in a 100-game season. I think that's enough. Um... Mm-hmm. So I would go that far and I'd say that you have to qualify for the playoffs and win a round for me to really kind of consider that, especially at this point where we're playing like multiple rounds here. If it was just like qualifying is the championship round, then, you know, different situation there. But yeah,
1: maybe I'm, I have a hard time setting like a standard on, um, with having to win a round because like, you've shown you can get done the playoffs if you won those multiple championships. It, it, like every once in a while, something stupid just happens. Play, like playoff baseball is stupid. <laughs> I, again, I know yeah. people hate to hear that, but like playoff baseball is very stupid. Like it's great. I love it. I just literally had a whole thread on Twitter about how much I love playoff baseball, but it is not the way to determine what is a better team. Um,
0: like, okay. I got a question yeah. for you then. Just throwing it out here. Sure. Would the 2010 or 20 Winnipeg gold dies meet the definition of a dynasty? Because they won back to back in 1716. And they won one in twelve.
1: I mean, I'm tempted to say no, but I'll see.
0: Three and six.
1: Three and six is distinctly
0: not three and five. Yeah, but it's also back to back years, too. So does that just mean you? What are we doing? I'm just saying, like. Look. Yeah. Look, the kind of, I mean, Winnipeg, the kind of see, dominance Winnipeg, you have to have year to year and to, try, and to port over a roster like that, yeah, in a yeah, but, league with roster restrictions, that that says a lot. And it's a Winnipeg, too, so recruiting to Canada is also very different. And you have a lot of really crappy road trips there, too, because keep in mind, this is when you still had a couple more Texas teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a division title in those middle three years, but they also had a below 500 team
0: three years yeah any case that wraps up chicago talk Uh, (laughs) yeah so that was a dog season good season for them overall they overachieved a little bit i think in my mind kansas city did exactly what they set out to do so good for them
1: they ever achieved, but they were a good team. Let's not take
0: away from it. Like,
1: yeah, fair. people are like, Oh, yeah, we're not saying they're bad. We're saying like they probably ever achieved that.
0: Yeah. It's just like, I wasn't expecting to be that good. I expected Josh Altman to be that good. I expected a couple of other guys to be that good, but I saw a lot of guys like Luke Mangiari that I was like, I don't know how he's going to transfer over. You know, I'm kind of concerned about that. And he transferred over well. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the things that needed to happen to them to be successful happened. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh any case, uh that brings us to Atlantic League talk. Uh Lancaster, Long Island's up first, and then we're going to get Estonia High Point, and then we're gonna to get to our finals matchup. Uh did you really see uh Lancaster sweep in Long Island going into that series?
1: Oh no. No, no, no. After Absolutely game not. two,
0: did you see that as a very distinct possibility?
1: Absolutely. Okay. That they were flat, man.
0: Just not Long a good team. Not
1: look checked in yeah, um, I don't know if it's not a good team. Just it didn't look hungry, you know. Look
0: like a team That's that all... took the first half seriously and then took the second half off and couldn't get back into gear.
1: Like they didn't get signed and they said, "All right, kind of like that." Yeah. Um. So I mean, looking at the win probabilities, Lancaster did roll into a 16 percent chance to sweep this thing, but still, man. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, Which we is also to... hold on. Yeah. Sixteen. Well, very near the same percentage that like Gastonia had to win their series in five games. So how about that?
0: Hmm. That's something. Hmm. But thanks, you know. amigo. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, so like <laughs> we talked a lot. About, we talked a lot about that series last week when you recorded from game two. So like, I don't really know how much more we have to say about it. Long Island. Didn't look good, and uh it showed on the scoreboard. And then like game three, Stormers took an early lead, didn't look back, and that's kind of the case here.
1: Like. And yeah, and mistakes cost them, which is continues to be the theme.
0: Oh, yeah. Like I keep getting a lot of mileage out of the poor fundy skiff. Like I shouldn't be getting this much mileage in the postseason, guys. Like it's bad. It's getting really bad. I'm very concerned.
1: So yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it. It's something to definitely look at. And I think that, uh, I've tried to talk to people about it, like people in the leagues and in dugouts and most people will like talk a little bit about it, but won't call on the record about it because I think everyone feels like right about now, it feels very pointed at somebody else and that's not the point. Like it's just generally the fundamentals have been down. Um, and, it, but definitely it's noticed it's been noticed and it is not something that necessarily struck me maybe because the mistakes have been lower impact uh, and now they're maximum, like magnified no, yeah. the playoffs, but it, it is, and it, it is both. Like physical errors and mental mistakes. Like, mm. um, it happened the other night in the Gastonia game. We had someone, I think it was, uh, Eric de la Cruz. Uh, I guess, yeah, he, he doubles. Um, yeah, leadoff double. No, one out double. And he tries to stretch it and gets thrown out third. And it, like the third, the three, four hitters are coming up in a tie game in the late like eighth inning yeah maybe seventh inning i don't know but it was like dude like you gotta be aware you like you have to know that lineup that's at least the fifth day in a row they've run that or fourth day in a row they had run that lineup out there i think six actually day in a row so like you know who's behind you like one out you stay on second you're in room position you're fast you're gonna get around if that ball gets in the outfield odds are like it bizarre to try to search the third like i know they got you know, of course, a yeah, sack fly brings you in, but like, I don't know. Like, you gotta look at, essentially, it was one of those things where it was like a 3% better chance to like, you He's know, have trust a positive the result if he gets you. a third. Yeah. And the boys have been hitting. Like, yeah. they just, uh, their identity is hitting against, it was game one against Lancaster and they had just hung like, what, 10, 11 on High Point the, the day before. Like, show some faith, man. I don't know. That little things like that bot. I mean, like you can't be running out of runs. It's just crazy to me. But yeah, uh Long Island fundamentals were really poor throughout the, the series. That cost them um yeah, and Lancaster is a good enough team where you just can't do that. So props to them. I'm not trying to say like Long Island gave it away. I'm saying that Lancaster Lancaster put pressure on them, is a fast team, two hundred plus deals, and it puts pressure on the defense and they made them pay.
0: Uh high point Gastonia. I'm not sure if we talked about Game Two last week or not. Oh being played. boy! It was a five-two. For yeah. Yep.
1: Didn't talk about it much, man. Hell of a series, huh? Yeah. Um, lived up. Definitely lived up. Um, a lot of counterpunches. I thought High Point was. I thought High Point was dead going into Game Five. All right, it was dead. I, I mean, it was what third in a year, third decisive game between them, and they'd already lost the first two, and they had the chance to finish it out in four and didn't. I was like, oh, they're in trouble, but. No, they came, back, they came back swinging at it, and they let it go.
0: Yeah, I mean, Game 2, 5-2. Two. Game 3, Gastonia took it to push them to the brink, 11-8. Mm-hmm. Uh, back and forth the whole way on that one. High point in Game 4, wins that walk-off in the ninth, 3-2. So, yeah, momentum's shifting one way or the other. And uh, Gastonia broke it open in the 8th. But, like, they felt good for most of the game, though. And really what was the case was, Morton and Kines just like went to work, and they did a damn good job, and, and
1: that was huge because uh, if if you weren't keeping track of it, the the series had a rainout on Game Four on Saturday, so it's supposed to be Saturday, Sunday, Games Four and Five with um, Monday off day, Monday travel day, Tuesday up in Lancaster for Game One, so they had to do Sunday, Monday with a noon Monday game on Game Five uh, straight onto a bus ride to get to Lancaster. So that's a tough one. But the huge thing was a lot was made of the lack of rest, but they, because kinds and, um, more did so well as they're both starters, they were, you know, the pitch games one and two together. Yeah. Um, they did not use a single reliever for that game. And they were, you know, the offense helped out, gave them that breathing room where they could afford to do that. And yeah, man, it, they really look good. Um, I know we haven't started necessarily talking about it yet, but that definitely has already paid dividends in the Lancaster series. Like, you, it was noticeable.
2: Yeah.
0: So then I guess, we already kind of mentioned, like, I looked dead and we talked a lot about them last week, so we won't touch on them much this week. But high point-wise, just looking at them for their season, I mean, it's got to be disappointing being in high point. Because it's a lot yeah, of keeps repeats. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels like you get so close every year. And they always put out a good team, a quality team, too. And see, they just missed the postseason. They just miss winning a championship. They just miss advancing. Like every time it's like they're that close and they just can't quite get over the hump. And that's got to be so frustrating as a team. And the thing is, too, you know, the right pieces are in place and the right people are calling the shots because you keep getting in this situation, keep getting put in this position. But it's just like when it comes down to like a three game set, five game set, you're really at the mercy of just how things go. I and mean, when you're playing another really good team, like it sometimes just comes down to who's feeling it that night. And like, it just got to be a frustrating thing to be in that high point position.
1: Uh, yeah. And, and- this is not me saying this is what's wrong with that team. And I'm not even saying there is something wrong with that team. As I said already, it's kind of a craft shoot. Um, that when to get in the playoffs, but I, I, my theory on it is that High Point does an extremely good job when it comes to playing any other team that is, that has depth and is, um, greater than the sum of its parts. Like it's a lot. You, you don't get a lot of major leaguers on that team. You don't have a lot of big names. Like you have some really good pitch, like pitchers in particular and like some good lineup pieces, but like you typically like it's not long Island rolling out a team full of major leaguers. It's, it is a thoughtfully put together team, which is, you know, relies on guys who don't have experience to fill roles right alongside of guys. that do have a lot of experience and you know, it's a major league time, but I just, I wouldn't say they've got any guys who stand out as like, I don't know. I don't want to say that because like, they, they obviously have some great players. I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to go about it. I guess.
2: They don't have, they have, the have, game to, they have
1: a game breaker. Their average player is better than the average player. Like if you were to average the level of play throughout the roster, it's higher than just about any other team in the league. However, they don't have some of those guys, like you said, game breakers who.
2: They like to a
1: Playoff game. One-off game, you can be like, this. The guy has a high likelihood to take this over. You have one game, so everyone's got one shot to try to be like, I'm the guy in this game. I'm I'm taking this, and you're seeing there are teams where there are guys to like, there are multiple guys. Honestly, on Gastonia's lineup who've just been crushing. But um I, I think high point, you know, they need contributions from more people in order to capitalize on it, and in a one game or a three, five game series, you know, it, it, one person can make a huge impact and you need, you know, you only have so many, I'm trying to phrase it. Damn it. Like (laughs) Like, if I could just jump in on it, it you better get a guy who's real good at throwing that one dart.
0: It feels like to me, it's almost like, again, like the 2015 Met team. That was a team that overachieved a lot, but it was because Mm -hmm. everybody on the team kind of pulled the weight. They did their job and we all got through. But at the deadline when they got suspicious, it was like, okay, we got our one guy that we know when we look down the order, if we could just get one or two guys on for him, he's going to drive in a run or two. We know we got we have a guy that's our guy that when we're down and he's up, something's going to happen here. We don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to make a play. He's going to do a thing. It feels like that where High Point doesn't have their Cespedes guy. They don't have that guy where it's like, okay, we look down and it's like, we're not all up on our A game today. We know that guy's B game is our A game, so we'll be okay. They don't have that security blanket to go back to. And even still, like I've seen it with Met pitching. I've seen it with a lot of indie ball pitching where it's like pitching can only do so much for you. They can keep a a one-run game. But if you're not putting up two runs, it doesn't matter if you lost one nothing or you lost, you know, like Lancaster did the other night, 12-3. It doesn't matter. It's like, okay, great, it's a loss in the postseason. And it means something different in the regular season where you can get away with, like, okay, it's a close loss, so like pieces are spared or things can be done differently. You need a game breaker. You need that guy. And when you don't have that, whether it be like an indie ball ringer type, or a former major leaguer, or whatever it may be, it's going to be hard to win in the postseason where it comes down to, like, okay, everything's, like, every micro event's a major event now.
1: Um, Yeah, and also talking about, like, your A game versus your B game, and it's also having guys where if they're on their A game, like, you ain't lose. Yeah. Like, that type of player. And, And High Point typically doesn't. They do have some guys who are real damn good, but and, like, over the course of the season, put up some wild numbers. But it just,
0: yeah. The hockey analogy yeah, man,
1: is... Gastonia's got a lineup that will just change, like, half those guys, or more than half those guys, just change the game on you and get one good sweep and swing on it. It's crazy. Mm.
0: The hockey analogy for this would be they have a lot of second-line wingers, a lot of middle-six depth, really good players, but they can't log the first-line minutes. They can't go against, like, the top-tier best of the best they're just not able to do that at their best. Sure. They're not able to because right. when the best are on their best, when you have the first line guys at their best, they're just going to run through them because the difference is just so great. I follow. Okay. Yeah. Want to talk about the championship series? That way we can wrap this up quickly.
1: Yeah, Sure
0: Okay, Gastonia, Lancaster, Lancaster, one game, one three two because poor fundies, and then Gastonia came out and was like, "Hey, remember this? Where we kicked the living hell out of you? That's what we do here." And then was a twelve three game. They split. Now they're going back to North Carolina to presumably end this shit because from inning four on in game two, it was what we could clinically and terminologically correctly describe as an ass kicking.
1: yeah, and the bigger issue with your Lancaster is like they weren't real impressive beyond that either. Um but, I mean I was posting about it like their you know, run expected runs created based off what they're doing at the plate was like two or three kind of depending on how you squint until your head. Uh and across two games it's just not good enough. Um they had zero they scored zero earned runs um in game one and they got away with it with a win. They had um what did they land at score wise? I literally have the scorecard in the other room there and I, but boy, I saw, I've seen a lot of baseball over the best speakers. So. Um, which one? They, whoa, Oh my God. We are into the 29th already. Good Lord. Sorry. Yeah. That um, happened a while. And then they scored. So in two games, they've scored two earned runs. It's just not good enough. And yeah, I'm looking at the, at the lineup. It's funny, both these teams, I think, are more flawed than the teams that came to the party last year. Like Lancaster, I see a lineup that just has more holes and less pop and like less consistency. Um, they're not getting good at bats from Trayvon Robinson right now. They're not getting good at bays from Melvin Mercedes right now. Ariel Sandoval's disappeared. Uh, it's, it was just also guys going cold at the wrong time, but you're starting, when a guy goes cold, you start to see like,
0: I mean, like I would. venture to say maybe that lancaster just wasn't that good of a team like is that just possible
1: i mean yeah i mean they didn't play let's be honest the ducks in my opinion had errors that cost them most of the runs they allowed in the first two games in that series as Mm -hmm. well um now look we're talking about a team that just won 10 games in a row until last night yeah um but yeah you're seeing some flaws um one of my concerns with them was they do have a what i would call like a what you just said the hockey analogy that lancaster's pitching staff
0: a lot of second line players
1: yeah and like but gastronia has a good does a good job of just they got some dogs out there and they can like they did in game five with high point they can take the game over like they have guys they pulled in like zach westcott who's a great example of a guy who he rolls in with like a six year or whatever, but like he has the potential to take over a game. If he's feeling it, he was feeling it last night. It's great. Like it, it, there's not a lot of that coming from the Lancaster side right now. Um And, and honestly, there's not a lot of ver- variety coming out of that pen. It feels like a lot of the guys are sitting around like the low nineties, high eighties of Elo. other than Garrett Grant, A lot of them are thrown from similar arm slots. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels like it, it, this, this, Unless they have a really good stopper game on in game three, this feels like a a series, like a spiral on them. Um, on the flip side, Gastonia, I I think also they're not as good as they were last year. If I'm, if I'm honest, like just watching them, I I remember marveling last year watching Gastonia, how good they were fielding. They were so slick and they're so fast. And remember that was the team that stole that ridiculous number of bases. Um, but yeah, it is not this team. (laughs) They, they are a little less shorthanded. They're a little slower footed, but they can hit the hell out of a baseball man and and every single guy in that lineup looks like a threat. So um yeah, it's not yeah. I guess I think both teams aren't as good as they were last year, but I think high Gastonia regressed in a way that at least improved one of their strengths, which I think they could have used a little more consistent pop through their lineup last year. And I think it cost them in that high point series in the playoffs mm-hmm. last time around, not this time. And I think Lancaster um while they improve with some speed a little bit, I think they've got, I think across the board, they've kind of, they are less than they were last year. And that's starting to get revealed.
0: I mean, guess Tony too, also for those guys, they, A, lost a lot of big pieces, some to the Savannah banana, some to just general attrition. Mm-hmm. But, also keep in mind, they're also dealing with a lot more off the field. I mean, that, very it, true. that's got to factor in sooner or later too. Just like, when they win, and I know you mentioned this on Twitter too, like some people were like, oh, does the Atlantic like, not want Gastonia to win given everything that's happened? And you're like, yeah, well, maybe they're hoping that's going to get it together, at least raise the value of the franchise here, so maybe somebody will take them. But, like, I feel bad for those guys too, because like, even if you win, like you're going to win against Stoney and whatnot, and given everything that happened, it's got to feel kind of conflicting. Like, you're not thinking about that in the moment, but when you look back, kind of like, for that org, really?
1: Yeah, but if they do manage to pull it off, like they have a good relationship with their fans from what it seems. And yeah. those guys have all kind of been through a bonding experience with all this. So, I mean, at least there's trauma bad, bonding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think all in all will be a positive. If they can pull it off. Um, yeah, I mean, seven out of the nine batters in mm. the lineup. For Gastonia are, um, above average in OPS, uh, for the league. So it's pretty good. And the other one, one of the other two is, uh, Hoover, who has been Jake Hoover, who's been former Barnes, by the way, who's been crushing He's got the OPS in the playoffs.
0: Damn. So yeah, game three is tonight, meaning Friday the 29th, game four. Will be release day on the 30th of September. And if there's a game five, it'll be October 1st. And that will be the last bit of Indie Ball for the year. So, see how that turns out. I think we're both pretty much in agreement that's going to be Gastonia. We're that by me again? We're in agreement on who's going to win the Atlantic League Championship, correct? Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel Gastonia. Right okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. I thought, I, for whatever reason, I thought you said in three. And I was like, no, sure did get that one game. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I- why I was like, uh, I was hesitant to commit. I don't know no, why. I
0: no. that. Like, I'm the one that knows which teams got swept and did not get swept.
1: Hey, 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 hey.
0: My bad. Ah. Well, don't worry. It's Saturday now, wait. so. Oh my god! I
1: don't don't mess with me like that because I will straight sleep right through work tomorrow. Okay.
0: Let's go to predictions. And pre- anyway, yeah, predictions. I got Gastonia wins in five after giving away another game. I don't know if it's going to be game three or four, but I feel like they give away one. Yes, I'll know. give you
1: that. I, I think five, and I think five—the game five isn't even close.
0: That's exactly... Kind of like a high point vibe. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I got Fargo fails to make the Champions Baseball League final. I feel very good about that.
1: Yeah, I feel better about that than ever.
0: Yeah. And then I have, for my final prediction, Gastonia players get stiffed on champagne and rings.
1: Oh, definitely rings. I think they'll at least be champagne.
0: Ah, see, here's the thing. I don't know. Champagne costs money and their credit's no good.
1: Yeah, I feel like the league will help them facilitate that one. The league's already paying the players.
0: See, here's the thing, though. Like, when they won and got to the final, I didn't see any champagne there. I just saw beer. And normally oh, the champagne... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: I think there will be champagne, but there'll be, like, a case of champagne and the rest will be beer.
0: Okay. That's Which, th- basically,
1: th- like, yeah, they'll... Sh- they'll- yeah, shortchange them.
0: Yeah. So, like, that beer's definitely come from the concession area, though, right?
1: Maybe. I hear they've issued their beer coolers, too. So,
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: I get a lot of updates <laughs> every time there's a home game.
0: That's neat that you mentioned because that brings us into our first prompt. Okay. How many texts do you receive about Gastonia problems for the rest of this series? It's at eight and a half from eight and a half different people, that is. Because hmm. I assume I you're gonna get more of that text.
1: I do think they'll be on their best behavior because the league is watching. And I mean, I didn't get as many complaints, I feel like not complaints, but like little updates last week necessarily because Rick White was in town. Okay. Um but I do think At
0: this point nobody has anything so to I lose. Think
1: probably six, maybe seven, which is down from the usual average.
0: Okay, so that's the under. Taking the under. Yeah.
1: But also, like, usually I'm not getting complaints about things that are pre-existing things that have already been an issue. So, yeah. like, it's just how many new issues will there be?
0: Here's the yeah. thing. I think, A, people have a lot less to lose now. End of year. What are they going to mm-hmm. do? Fire me after not paying me? Oh, wow. First off. Secondly. Right. Championship circus now. So, there is things that got to get facilitated that are definitely not going to go according to the plan and thirdly again like i just i see this being an issue i don't know why it's just because like organizationally with the exception of like three people i have lost pretty much all faith in that organization so like and yeah and really the people i have faith in are on the player ops side so they're not responsible for the shit show their end of things is going well
1: yeah and like staffing you know impossible in the playoffs already and like they yeah. already don't have enough staff because they didn't pay people and they let people go. Yeah, so, so. that's why I'm taking the over. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. Uh I think I might still get the over on, on how many complaints.
0: All right. Really, is it going to be eight or fewer or nine or more is really the question. Damn, eight is a lot. But it is a big I it weekend. it could literally
1: be right on eight. I'm going to go eight or fewer. So I'm eight feeling, and a half was a good number to I'm pick. I'm just feeling this. it's going to be a lot of ones that you're like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever, of course.
0: Yeah. So well, what I'm hearing is I picked a great number again.
1: Yeah, again, dude, you kill me on these. Yeah. Trust
0: me not. Yeah. That means I know I'm already low on this number, so I messed this one up. But I'm going to stick with it. Manager <laughs> changes we see over the next two months. Okay. Four and a half or more. Oh, it's over. More. it's over. Yeah, man. I messed this one up too. I,
1: you might be able to double that.
0: That's the thing. I thought about eight for a minute there, and I was like, eight, though. I was like, I think a lot of people are just going to stay complacent for now.
1: That's possible. You might, yeah. I mean, it's not unreasonable. Complacency is popular. Exactly. Like, that's the thing too around these think, parts.
0: Yeah, that also I figure. If there's economic uncertainty, do you want to deal with buying out a manager contract or having to yeah, hire I mean, a new one?
1: There's also double you know, double you don't, like yeah. rather stick with the one that you know, maybe we maybe this year will get better.
0: Exactly. That and also if you were passably good to the point where it's like you're not costing us anything, like why rock the boat? Yeah, not wrong. So like I'll follow you there. I'm still taking the over. I think we're going to have at least five manager changes, which would mean like a team getting a new one would be like Brockton.
1: Yeah, it'll be over for sure. Yeah.
0: So That's all there is in that segment. That's all we got for this week. Somehow it was only two and a half hours, which it felt longer than that. And I'm sure when I edit this, it's going to be much shorter than that. So we'll find out how much gets cut off of this show. Hockey talk's probably gonna go, unfortunately. Canadian Thanks Geography up. Quiz may leave. And um uh, mm-hmm. there was another really good detour in there that I forget about, which probably will have to go, but that's unfortunate. So
1: Life is suffering, man.
0: It really is. What do you wanna plug here before we leave?
1: Um Maybe I would it? like Oh God. Uh I'll say I got one thing which is uh shame to hear about brooks robinson my yes, brooks robinson true. story is um that my grandpa, who is a sort of conservative older man he's a federal judge in philly for years so he's like very serious and he doesn't give out compliments lightly or freely um and he was out one day and he was home early and we were out playing pepper in the backyard and I was like pretty sure-handed. I played a lot of baseball as a kid, and I was I was cleaning up pretty well. And he was like, "Oh man, like listen, like, Brooks Robinson out here." And I was like, "Who's that?" And he was like, "Oh, like the human vacuum cleaner, the, the one, the best third baseman never do it." And I was like, "Wow, cool, like that's awesome, man! Like really, that's a hell of a compliment, like from my grandpa too." Mm-hmm. And then like probably a couple years later, maybe it was like Ken Burns baseball or something was on. Yeah. I finally saw like Brooks Robinson playing some ball. And that is the first time I learned that sometimes people just compliment you to be nice. It doesn't mean it's true. Cause, <laughs> yeah, No, nah. nah, man. Nah. So yeah, there's that. And uh um yeah, I guess uh the other one is I'm gonna need people to, you know, give me thoughts and prayers because I was just checking my uh sister in law, is that what it is? Something like brother in law's wife. Yeah. Um her Facebook to try to stalk a, what date they ended up getting married on because we forget because we're bad people. Yep. And uh, I found out that like up until super recently she was like definitely like talking like every one of those like sketchy products. That's like oh. definitely yeah. So now I got to not bring that up at Thanksgiving. So everybody's going to have to try to
0: keep me in mind on that one. Uh Beyond oh, that. You shouldn't evaluation. have told me that.
1: Oh dude, it's going to be bad. You know I'm going to be food. texting
0: you like the wednesday and thursday of thanksgiving like just random about, like, bullshit products protein
1: powders
0: we <laughs> are like can i interest you in supplements oh dude
1: yeah right oh,
0: can man, i interest I mean, I you that. in these pills here they're gonna cure Bro, your I'm, insomnia they're not fda regulated I'm, but don't worry about that i'm the only family
1: member not in their group chat like i'm already barely clinging on to this so i gotta not do yeah, what i just enough. heard is
0: you need to wear the flannel to thanksgiving
1: bro i might need to tape that ring on everything, I we'll see
0: indie ball pot on everything and on that note another, another proud chapter huh yep on that note don't forget the play ball